Ooh. All right, we all. We is official as a whistle, baby. Alright, what's up everybody? Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy whatever holiday, Happy Life to all of us. Um, today I want to talk about something that I talk about at the end of every single year and something you'll probably hear me talk about twice a year because we all need to be reminded we do not need to be taught. Um, but I, I get this question all the time, obviously with new clients and new members or new people to anything that it's just kind of like, you know, hey, how did you start Functional Lifestyles? Where did Functional Lifestyles the name come from? Pursuit of Balance. And I always think it's nice just to you know, not only even for myself to just rehear why I do what I do and kind of how it all started, because I think it just kind of gives me that little that little fuel to the fire that we all need sometimes, but really just something that I'm preaching to the entire world and why I do all this stuff with, you know, podcasts, social media, owning a business, a gym, helping clients in the future, getting into, you know, more locations and getting into education for coaches and people and gym owners. Like the whole goal is to spread the message that health and wealth is everything. And, um, you know, how we approach it, what makes us a little bit different kind of holistically and how it's approached um, is really the big goal for me. So that's really what I want to focus on today. So I hope all you guys have some exciting plans for Christmas because I've been in Tahoe for the last seven days. So I haven't really worked much and I did all my shopping yesterday. So I'm finally caught up and I think I'm ready for the holidays to be not. I, I, I'm, it's funny. I'm actually not a big holiday person i'm always excited when i'm done with my shopping sorry i had to finish that text i'm always excited when i finish my shopping because i like the act of giving people more presents and you know I, I do like the act of giving for sure i'm not a big receiving person i am someone that kind of i don't really need much anymore i feel like i have pretty much everything that i need to be happy in my life so i don't really want to go down the materialistic route of needing more stuff but then at the end of the day it's always fun sharing gifts with people so I'm excited for the new year because for me, when I get into December, I'm already kind of been in this lightweight lull of just being a little bit more lazy and kind of almost lightweight complacent. And this is why I think all of us have so many, you know, resolutions in the beginning of the year is because we tend to go through the holidays and just naturally that little bit of a, I don't want to call it a downward spiral. It's important to relax and kind of, you know, reflect and take time to have you know, time with family and friends and do all the stuff that a holiday brings with us, which is nice because for some people like myself, I won't do it by myself. So having something that forces me to do it, it's always nice too, right? But let's jump into the original conversation because that's what I really want to focus on today. A little bit of the backstory and functional lifestyles. So for those that are newer to the channel or newer here, period, functional lifestyles as a gym and as an official business started back in March of 2017. Um, I personally have been in the industry for 14, 15 years now. So half of my life, I'm turning 31 this year. So half of my life has been in this industry, damn near. Um, grew up with parents that were really big into fitness. My mom was an aerobic instructor at 24 Hour Fitness. And, you know, she was working out with me as a baby in a backpack, teaching step or, step dance or step aerobics, whatever it was called back then. And, you know, dad was big into lifting, too. So I kind of always been involved with health and fitness, you know, and I was lucky enough at 16 to be like, you know what? This is really, I think, what I want to do with my life, because when I got into the gym the first time, my parents, like 14, 15 years old, I just loved the community. I loved the act of working out and how it made me feel. And I was always such a very just small, skinny. I was just like a when I went into high school, I was five, six and a half, 98 pounds. I left at six, one and a half. Um, and 168, I think, just just shy of 170. So I was always definitely a skittier kid and just, you know, super, super lean and whatever. Played a lot of sports, was super active, didn't eat enough, drank a lot of energy drinks, and that was my high school career. 
<clears throat> but like I said, back to the story, it was like for me when I got into just the gym, it was like immediate. Like I just immediately knew it was like, this is, I love doing this. Like this is what I want to do. I love the environment or the people that I get to hang out with all day being here. And I was like, this would be cool to work. So I got my first job at Extreme Fitness, worked the front desk, worked graveyard shift from a little bit from uh, 11 to 5. And that was terrible. Terrible. Funny story, actually. The reason why I kind of was like, you know, I don't really want to do this anymore. There was these... At like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., I was only doing this like two, three days a week. Um, there'd be all these guys that would just like walk in at the same time, right? <laughs> and so, I remember like, man, it's kind of weird for like this gym to be so empty during the night. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, like five guys walk into the within 10 minutes of each other separately, not together. And I come to find out from a coworker that there was Craigslist postings of guys meeting up in the steam room. And, uh, you know, doing their thing, you know, doing a little, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. I wasn't going to walk in there and figure it out, but you can imagine what was going on in there. And I remember telling my boss, I was like, Hey man, is there a way I can uh, possibly like, you know, get off these graveyard shifts, maybe move into sales or front desk during the days or the morning hours when my parents come, whatever. Um, and then I, you know, graduated to that, went to Gilroy health and fitness and was a fitness manager there. And I remember that was really what got me into like sales and management. And I was 18 years old and I was addicted to sales. I was doing sales training with my boss slash mentor at the time, like four days a week, go to his house every day and just do sales stuff, drink some Coors Light, do sales training. We went to sales conferences and I just fell in love with everything about the business and more on the business side. You know, then I moved up to Campbell and started a whole different chapter of my life and was partying a lot and hanging out with friends a lot, still in fitness and just kind of like fitness was a job i don't think i was as in love during that period because i was having so much fun in my social life and uh you know just like moving through the different things of training and getting into crossfit and i was always doing certifications and i was always training and there was like a small period of my life where i moved out um of my parents house moving up to campbell where i was like you know what maybe when i left that lot that second job i was like maybe i do something different you know i sold kirby uh or not kirby i sold kirby vacuums for probably about two months i sold cutco nice when i was really young you know i worked my first job was actually at amusement park and uh so i did like a lot of sales stuff and i remember the kirby vacuum was a little you know skinny white boy with long ass hair and i got dropped off in oakland and they left me there for five hours because they forgot about me to pick me up at a stop and i was like you know what fuck this job i don't want to fucking sell fifteen hundred dollar vacuums in oakland by myself wearing a suit and a tie with something i don't believe in you know so i went back to the gym and i was like i'm never doing that again i'm sticking with this for sure so Long story short, get to 23 years old, kind of trying to get out of this phase of like partying and just, you know, not that I wasn't really taking stuff serious, but I was just like so laid back at that age, which I think honestly for anybody listening to this that's in the early 20s or as a parent to this kid, this let them live, man. Like, let them live. I personally am so grateful for that. I got my, and I party harder than most people will ever do. And I just went through like a really like phase of just like doing everything. I was like, oh, I was a yes, man. And I realized it's like, man, I really didn't want to get my shit on track because I always wanted to open up a gym. From the time I was 16 years old, I wanted to open up a gym. Um, and I just knew it's like, A, it's going to be a financial thing that I have to be ready for. B, it's a maturity thing I have to be ready for where not only is the market going to trust me, but can I hire people? Can I market clients to come here? You know, that was a lot of the stuff I was nervous for in the beginning. So 23 years old, I remember it was just kind of like at the end of the, a phase where I was like, you know what? I need to do something that's going to kind of keep me in line. I saw Craigslist ad for make six figures as a trainer at Equinox. I was like, boom, let's do it. And long story short, get hired there, worked for three and a half years, four years, had a client of mine 
tell me that he's like, you know what? I've been training the guy for three years at the time already. You know, I want to open up. And if you're listening to this, Jason Angel, which I don't know if you are. I know you kind of, we talk every once in a while on Instagram, but it's a funny story now. So I hope we can laugh about this now. But he said, you know what? I want to financially support opening up the gym. I'll buy the equipment or take care of the financial front of it. And you just take care of everything else. I said, sweet, done deal. I'm fucking done with this. So I started looking for locations. I found this location that I'm currently sitting in the attic space of. And um, went through the whole process of like, okay, this is actually a building that I like. This is a building that I can see being turned into a gym. This is a, a building that we can afford um, that makes sense for the model, blah, 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 blah. And the day, and I was getting tattooed at this time. My tattoos, I got 16 Mondays in a row before I did my whole arm. You know, one thing you'll realize about me if you haven't heard already through multiple stories and even just this story um, is when I'm ready to do something, I go all in, right? I don't half-ass anything. I am an extremist, which is funny when people hear me say pursuit of balance. But I like to balance both extremes, you know? I retrain hard and I recover hard, you know? It's like I, I want to look at all those things just because that was my mindset. So I'm getting tattooed and my real estate broker is hitting me up at the time. And he's going, man, it's like, you, we got to sign this paperwork. We're delaying this. We're delaying this. We're delaying this. And I'm like, all right, all right. I'm like, I'm waiting on my <laughs> the money. I'm waiting on like the, the check to be like something that's in my hand where I physically go, okay, like we're ready to rock and roll because I have the cash to do this. Um, you know, to open up the gym at the time, it wasn't crazy expensive relative to opening up other small businesses, but it was like, you know, 50-ish grand in equipment, 50, 60 grand in equipment. And I want to say we spent... 60 or 70 just on build out and remodel and i spent you know whatever the amount of money on permits and architects and all that stuff which is plenty expensive as well but it wasn't crazy expensive and uh, i'm getting i'm getting tattooed and i'm sitting there on the table and i see this text pop up from jason and i'm like motherfucker it is long it's like it looked like a breakup text and it was a breakup text just a professional one and he goes, you know, I've talked to my dad. I've talked to, you know, you know, and he was an older guy. And he's well off for himself, therapist, do all these things. And But he wanted to have, you know, a bigger support to make sure that he felt confident what he was doing as well, which I totally understand. And, you know, it's like anybody doing it as an investment for a first-time business owner, I'd be just as nervous and probably wouldn't do it either. So, like, I empathize with that definitely, you know, not a grudge held at all. And so I'm like sitting there and I'm like, man, this is it. It's like, I just lost the money that I needed to open up the gym and I found it. And I was already, you know, when you kind of just like get over that mental hump of like, this is what I'm ready to do. And I'm finally there. I just kind of broke me down. So I was like, you know what? I was like, maybe I just like moved to Huntington Beach where they just opened up a brand new Equinox that faces Pacific Ocean. And I go start training some people down in SoCal and just live that surf skate life that I've always been living and just, you know, train and you know, I was making six figures at Equinox the last two years I was there. So I was making good money and was living the life. Um, and there was no complaints really on the side of what I was doing. It was just kind of like definitely a heartbreak of like, man, I thought I was, I thought this was it. I thought we we're about to fold that next chapter. So per usual, I didn't really stop. I was like, you know, what? there's gotta be a different way to do this. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to see, I got another client that's an investor. So I'm going to see if I can hit him up. One up there at San Francisco, David, good guy. I haven't talked to him in a while. He moved over to Oregon and, um, yeah, I remember having the meeting with him. He's like, man, he's like, you know, it's a good thing. You see, and I don't even know these business terms. It's cash flow business. And I'm like, what the fuck's cash flow, you know? And uh, I think, well, I forget what he said. Or I think what he wanted was way too much of the business. He's like, you know what? Maybe I'll take like 40% of the business for the equity that I would put into it, or the money I would put into it for the equity. And I was like, uh, I don't want to start a business and be a 60% owner. It's like, it sounds terrible, you know? So I was like, you know what? I'll be just keep figuring out things and I'll get back to you. And then uh, Jason, Karen, and my best friend, Matt, all individually pitched in. And I think they pitched in $65,000. And then me and Matt 
paid off them double their their investment within a year so it was just me and matt and then boom we had the gym right went through the full build out started slow was scared to learn marketing all these things and you know fast forward six years later we're at a place where the gym you know the gym was full prior to the pandemic for about three months and then the pandemic happened and dealt with that for however long the pandemic was which everybody knows and some of us are still dealing with it and we've been back to full and we're just at like a really good place and i'm finally back at like a place mentally too where i'm like i'm really my goal was always like can i actually get this business to actually be a business that's sustainable without me right you know most small businesses were built around mom and pop um, that's where the whole mom pop shop name comes from. It's like, it's, it's really built around the brand equity that you create as the sole proprietor or as the leader, as the owner. Um, and I forever want to be the face of it because of how passionate I am towards it. But to be honest with you, the operational day to day stuff, um, is led by six badass people. Like I have the best coaches. I just have, I just have good team. Right. And I love that because I had a good team when I opened up. I went through a period during the pandemic where I started losing a lot of people and went through like a little bit of a mental like, hey, am I fucking up right now? Or is it just what's going on in the world? And, you know, it's much easier to blame the world than yourself because that's what humans do. Um, and, you know, like I said, now we're back at a place where it's like the team is really solid. And this year we've really had such a good year of growth for everybody individually as a team. And I'm now at that place where it's like I've taken the last two or three months and not to be honest with you, I've kind of almost been a little complacent, just kind of enjoying the fact that it's like, you're back at the place that you were and you've gotten through the pandemic and you're you've gotten out of the operational day-to-day -day like you wanted to and now it's time to make that next step into second third location you know i've always wanted three or five i don't know if it's three i don't know if it's five but i always wanted three or five that was always a plan and still is the plan um as i've gotten older and more matured into this industry i've i've created more of a, a want and a desire towards education I want to be involved with helping other people be better. And instead of it always being business to customer, B2C work, I want to be B2B. I want to help coaches be better coaches and take a little bit more of an holistic approach. I want to help other gym owners be successful in what they're doing. Um, I'm not really there. I still have a little bit of the imposter syndrome with what I do. But at the end of the day, like, you know, we run a little mechanic shop that does a million dollars plus a year. So it's like what we're doing obviously works too, right? So I always try to look at like, you know, before I go and teach something, I got to make sure that I've been doing it at the top of my, you know, game first. Um, you know, that was something I told, uh, who was I telling this to? But whatever, I forget who I was telling this to. But like, I never really wanted to open a gym until I felt like I was the best at that job I was at. And most jobs, I always strive to be the best at what I was doing. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to do this. But to kind of wrap the whole concept of like, why my mission and my purpose in life has really been built around this business um, is because what the business preaches is what I want to preach on an individual level for myself, for my girlfriend, my family, my friends, my coworkers, you know, everybody around me. Because I just like, I truly just live and bleed what I'm talking about. Functional Lifestyles is a name started off with. Lifestyles was funny because my buddy Travis has a company or had a company, a little small clothing company that he did called Executive Lifestyles. And I always liked the, I always liked the Lifestyles name. I was like, man, it's a cool name because it really wraps the brand around it being sustainable, it being a lifestyle for people, not something that's going to be this like shortcut or very temporary thing. So lifestyles is something I wanted. And when I heard the word functional, not only just via the type of training that we were doing, um, but funk, when you think about like a functional doctor, right, it's someone that's taking a little bit more of an approach towards the root cause versus the symptom. You know, for most people that know me, I don't like symptomatic focuses, which is why I don't like how the medical system and how most of the system in America is set up because it is built around treating symptoms and keeping you sick because that's where they make your money versus like 
I'm okay with people making money. I want to make money too. And uh, I want to make money off of you, hopefully making you better from the root up, not from the symptom down, right? So that's kind of where the whole word function came in. And that's where functional lifestyles was born. Um, you know, functional lifestyles itself, when I explain it to people, there's kind of like three main things that really make it different outside of the philosophy. It's like number one's the model. You know, we're at 10 people, a class with two coaches working. And I think in the future locations, it might be 12 because we run 12 on the weekends and 10 on the weekdays. And I actually kind of like both. Um, I wanted to pick a model that was in between where personal training was great for people. We still do probably 10, 15% of our business is PT. So I'm a huge believer in it that some people need it and want it. What I don't like for most people um, in kind of the masses is it's just not sustainable financially. But when you look at most other models that we compete against, when you think about like, why are we better than Barry's or why are we better than Orange Theory? Or why are we better than CrossFit? Um, and not to put ourselves on a pedestal strictly from a model perspective, when you have 20, 30, 40 people in a class and one coach, you are just not receiving any type of coaching. So you're going to pay for somebody to tell you to do a workout and then you're just put in the environment. And that's not a bad thing, right? Like if it's not, not to knock any of those things, because if you are someone that doesn't really want the coaching, wants to be left alone, just wants the environment and community, they do a great job, if not even a better job than us, just because of the volume of people. Uh, I wanted to create something that was kind of smack dab in the middle. It's like, how do I get something where people can get coaching at a group scale, but also get a very, very personalized attention, you know, uh, attentive detail to what we do, right? Um, and that's how we landed on the 10-2 model, the semi-private model, right? Second thing was kind of the programming, right? Over the years of being in the industry, I always realized that strength and conditioning is what I liked. I grew up bodybuilding. I came up with more of a, you know, push-pull leg type of kind of programming from my dad and how most guys in the gym were. And I was always the kid when I was young that would follow the guys in gold that were, you know, jacked and on steroids and huge. And I'm like, whatever they're doing, let's do it. And I love bodybuilding because I always grew up kind of loving the aesthetic of what the human body can look like when you actually, you know, perform body sculpting and went through men's physique career and not I wouldn't call it a career. I went through a men's physique kind of spurt. Um, but I was when I was in CrossFit, I kind of fell in love with performance training. And obviously, as an athlete, I always loved performance-based stuff. And I wanted to find that sweet spot. I was like, man, there's got to be a way where we can make something that's not only going to not injure people like CrossFit was doing a lot of when I was doing it, um, improve performance with strength, speed, agility, flexibility, mobility, but also then like aesthetically, like I want to look good. I'm like, how do I build a program around that? And that's how we landed on the originally. I used to call it the movement-based strength and conditioning program with an aesthetics influence. I removed the aesthetic influence because at the end of the day, one thing I've realized about performance training, just like any other athlete or performance athlete would know this, if you focus on your training, you naturally look good. Football players look good, not because they're training to look good, because they have training that's obviously going to facilitate that thing, right? So movement-based was always twofold. Was number one, I care more about how you move versus how much and how fast. I always tell every single client I work with, one-on-one or a class-based, I do not give a shit about your mile time or your squat. No one gives a shit if you don't know how to have proper coordination, proprioception of your body, proper mobility, proper stability. Let's master the basics. I want you to be so in tune with your body that you know where you are in space with everything that you do. Um, and hopefully over time, that intuition can help you kind of fix things when you do have little tweaks and do have little injuries. Um, so that was one side of it. But the other side was like, when you think about movement and you think about functionality, you know, I love snowboarding, I love skimboarding, I love mountain biking, I love golfing, I love sports, I love things that really get my body to move a little bit more functionally. Um, they're always asymmetrical, meaning they're not going to be the exact same load or mobility or range that's required from left to right. So that's asymmetry is going to be things that are unilateral, right? Let's train single leg, let's train single arm, let's train single side. Second thing was understanding that the human body is three-dimensional. Most people, when they go to the gym, were very just kind of 
one-dimensional. I, all I do is push, pull, squat, deadlift, run. Like, everything's forward, backwards, up, and down. But also, we laterally move, which is where a lot of these planes of motion that we get injured in most of the time is actually lateral movement, right? Second thing is also going to be rotational movement. And anybody that's an athlete understands that all rotation is the most powerful plane of motion that the human body can generate, right? If you think about a golf swing, I can generate a lot more force through a baseball bat or a golf club than I can than just going punching you straight forward, right? Even a boxer or a fighter knows that, that all the rotation is where all your power is at. So I was like, let's incorporate more of this stuff into the training, right? So that's kind of where the whole movement-based approach of rotation, a lateral work, unilateral training, asymmetrical work, built-in mobility, um, caring more about the how versus how much, and then the programming has some structure, right? Six-week cycles multiplied by two with a one-week deload, so a 13-week mesocycle. Something where it gave people structure and, most importantly, direction, right? Um, and that's kind of how we landed on the whole programming philosophy. And it's honestly something that I personally love for myself and for the clients because it gives them everything they need to be successful with that, right? The last and final thing was the check-ins, right? Is at the end of the day, we have to remember that you guys have 168 total hours in your week. Most people, the most popular membership that I sell here is three times a week, meaning that three hours a week, you guys have structure of a coach, a program, a plan, et cetera. And 165 hours a week, you have nothing. Um, and this is where, unfortunately, a lot of people fail in the gym is because they don't know what to do in the outside hours, right? So the goal of the check-ins was like, how can I give you guys nutritional planning structure how can i give you maybe some training advice to do in the days off how can i help you with stress and sleep management how can i help you with you know anything else that i can do to kind of provide some type of a structure but most importantly hold you accountable to it that's what the check-ins are for um, and that really where the whole six dimensions thing landed for us and if you guys have heard me talk about six dimensions where movement and exercise is bucket number one then there's nutrition those are the two at the top of the tier right that's where we start everybody second tier is going to be stress management and sleep management um, if you don't manage stress, you don't get enough quality and quality sleep. Your body is not going to perform well in the gym. Your body is not going to have the same cravings for good food. Um, everything upstream is going to be affected. And then the bottom tier, which is the foundational piece to stress and sleep and training and nutrition and movement is your community and your environment, the people and the places and the things that you surround yourself with. Everything that externally surrounds you that could actually have some type of impact on you is what we call the community environment. And then the most important thing, which you guys hear me talk about the most on this podcast, obviously, and on my personal Instagram page, I talk about this the most, is mindset. Um, if you guys don't, if you guys want to hear more mindset, follow me on Instagram, mr.funlife.ca. I talk more about mindset more than anything because I believe that if you can really master the mindset of what we do with everything in life, you will be more successful with every piece in your life, financially, physically, mentally, socially, like the whole nine yards, right? Um, and that's kind of where to wrap the whole thing and with the philosophy where pursuit of balance was really a thing. You know, when I was younger, back in that little early 20 stages, like I always said, I was known for the guy that would party the hardest. And I still probably out of the entire team, probably the, one of the bigger drinkers here. Um, and I always like, it was funny because I'm like, man, I practiced so much fucking health and fitness on one side of my career. And then the other part of my life, I'm doing probably what I would deem as something that would be non-essential for optimizing health. But I do. I didn't want to get rid of both. You know, I I didn't. I don't want to say hate because it's a strong word. I didn't like the idea of how some of these fitness people were just like, not to take any offense to anybody, but some people were just like a square, right? They just like, I eat, you know, the same fucking meal all the time. I never drink. I don't like to party or socialize because I don't, you know, and I, I didn't like that. 
Um, I wanted there to be some balance with everything. It's like, hey, there, you should be able to go out and party or drink or have fun with your friends. And, you know, it's something I've definitely changed a lot over the last decade for sure. Um, just because work is so important to me and my health and my workouts are. Uh, but I want to preach balance more importantly than anything, right? I would, if I want to be known as stamping anything as my kind of legacy inside of this industry when I die, because I will do this till I die, is I want to be the guy that's known for that holistic approach to balance, right? Like you should be able to make a lot of money. You should be able to look good. You should be able to be strong. You should be able to be lean. You should be able to be fun and socializing with people. Should be able to be a good leader. Like you should be able to do all these things. And I think so many times life and these stereotypical things that we put people in buckets. Like if you are rich, you are not fun, right? Or if you are jacked, you are not like you're not a drink. Like you can have both. Everything in life is on a continuum. And if we choose to look at a continuum based approach, which you guys have also heard me talk about is continuum based approach is like a, it's dynamic. It's sliding scale. Sometimes I want a little bit more of this. And sometimes I want a little bit more of this. You know, when I get into the summer, I personally like to focus a little more on training. When I get into the winter, sometimes I train a little less and I eat a little less. Maybe I like to hang out with friends more often. Or I like to drink a little bit more. Or I like to go on vacation, whatever it is. You know, everything has this very dynamic approach. So pursuit of balance for me is like the idea that like, you know, moderation at the end of the day is the thing that really, the dose is the lethal thing, right? Everything's dose dependent, right? So finding happiness in your life is really a constant like, time for reflection to look back on what's truly important for you and making sure that you are always 100% of the time doing stuff for yourself and no one else. And when you do things for yourself, you fill your own cup. And when you fill your own cup, you finally have shit you can pour and give to other people. And for me, I am a giver as selfish as I am as a human being. I am a giver more than anything. And the reason why I can give is because I am selfish. It sounds counterintuitive. You know, so for me, it's like taking time to do things that are really, really important for my lifestyle allows me to be a big, good boyfriend, allows me to be a good boss, allows me to be a good friend, a good son, a good brother. You know, and I, I want to be all those things that we can all be for ourselves. And I think you also have the same desire, maybe in a different way. So pursuing balance will always be my biggest mission, mission and message. Jeez, come on now, English. Um, for everything that I do in life, because when you can find that nice little sweet balance with everything that you're doing, you feel so much better versus it being very binary of like, you can't have this or you can't do this. You can do whatever the fuck you want. At the end of the day, my girlfriend hates that I say this. So if you're listening to this, sorry, babe. I don't always do legal stuff. I always say, well, hey, I like to drive a little faster on the highway. That's illegal. I'm breaking the rules, but I like to drive fast, right? That's just who I am. And for everyone listening to this, going like, eh, you shouldn't be preaching that. I'm not preaching it. I'm not telling you to go fast. I'm telling you to just do shit that makes you happy. Because when you do shit that you make happy, I don't have a lot of stress in my life. I have very, very little stress. And I am a small percentage of people that I know that actually doesn't deal with a lot of stress because a lot of people do. And my biggest mission to help you guys fight that is understanding that when you take care of yourself and do shit for you, you don't have a lot of stress because you're in alignment. And when you're in alignment in life, it's hard to be stressed because you're like, this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing here. I'm put on this planet for this exact reason. So pursuit of balance, functional lifestyles, it's kind of wrap those whole things in. And everyone, you know, it's a different meaning for everybody. But fine, the pursuit of balance is constant too. It's not something that you find. It's something that's dynamic that's changing every day, changing within the day. Sometimes my priorities change within the day. That's okay, right? Like find your balance every single day. Constantly take time to reflect on it um, and live the functional lifestyle. Yeah, buddy. All right, guys. Well, that's it. I don't want to talk too long, as always. But take care. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. I 
think I probably will be skipping next week because I'll be gone again. So I'll see you guys in two weeks at the beginning of the year. I'm probably going to give you a little uh, heads up that I'm dropping a nutritional, holistic kind of health challenge thingamajab. I'm going to figure out how I'm going to structure it still. That's going to be my project of the weekend a week. And uh, we'll talk about that when I see you guys when I get back here. Okay? All right, guys. We'll take care. Have a great weekend.